speaking of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterback talk today. Some quarterback got the hammer, and that quarterback is Matt Ryan. As Frank Wright named Sam Ellinger as a Colts starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Are we surprised that the Colts decided to bench Matt Ryan at this particular juncture? And Zach, you can start us off. Yeah, dude. So I was particularly surprised by this. It was coming. Matt Ryan has really struggled uh, throughout the first seven games of the season. And honestly, he's been probably the most overpaid player in the NFL over the course of the last two to three years, because those Falcon teams, after they went to the Super Bowl, after they lost uh, that playoff game to the Eagles and Nick Foles, that team was just a dead team walk in. They were so disappointing. And ultimately the Falcons did make the right decision getting rid of him and Julio Jones. But when I look at this Colt team, it was not going well. And my main takeaway from this uh, decision by Frank Reich is that his job right now is hanging by a thread because it's wild as bad as things have gone for the Indianapolis Colts, kind of similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like we were talking about earlier in the show, they're right in the thick of things. Matt Ryan has had some crazy box scores this season. Like the week before uh, this one, he had his best game against Jacksonville. He threw a dime game winning touchdown. And that was a big divisional win for the Colts. They never beat the Jaguars, but then of course they can't follow it up. They go to Tennessee and play the team they could never beat and they lose. And the Colts are a weird team because it's almost like they're getting just worse and worse and worse since that team we saw in 2020 that made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. Because back then, I was really impressed with this Colt team. Only two years ago when we were still doing the show, they made the playoffs. They were very competitive against the Buffalo Bills, playing with a washed Phillip Rivers. His last year, he retired right after that playoff game. And I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, given what happened with Andrew Luck, if this is what the Colts are going to be, props to them. And uh, not only Frank Reich is really well thought of around the league, but so is their GM, Chris Ballard. And look, I have no confidence that this is going to work with Sam Ellinger. I'm looking forward to seeing what he could do. He has a legitimate shot to win this job and, and win some games here, I guess, with the Indianapolis Colts, just because the AFC South is wide open. But I just don't know if this is going to work because I don't know if I trust Frank Reich right now. Again, I said it. Early in the season, a lot of times we just put this guy in the same conversation with some of the best offensive minds in the league, and I don't see it. I don't see the same results. And my main takeaway from that game on Sunday against the Titans is I see one running back that a lot of people were calling uh, after his injury last year and his performance in his one playoff game. Oh, Derrick Henry, is he the same guy? Is, is he washed? You know, we know how quickly uh, your life come and goes as a running back in the league, but he's ran for 100 yards three games in a row, looking like his self, the Hall of Fame beast that King Henry is. And then I'm looking at the other side and Jonathan Taylor, a guy that's only in uh, his third year. He was going number one overall in a lot of fantasy drafts, and he's given them absolutely nothing. And I think that Frank Reich's job, again, is hanging by a thread right now. If the Colts don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. I don't know if Sam Ellinger could bring them there, even in a weak AFC South. And my question also is, how long is Chris Ballard going to last? Is he still secure? Because I know he is very well thought of around the league. He's brought in a lot of talent, but this Colts offensive line is not the same offensive line that they were two, three years ago when they were being hyped up as one of the best offensive lines ever. And they have some names on defense. They drafted some all right players, but not getting it done. And uh, I think Jim Mercer might be getting pretty tired of what's going on around Indy. Boy, do I have a lot to say about this topic. I'm going to try to economize everything 
and break it down into different laps. Now, before I talk about the Frank Wright portion of this whole ordeal, I'm going to save that probably for last. I want to talk about Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan had it coming. Ladies and gents, I'm looking straight at the camera here. Never make a emotional decision when it comes to business. Never think with your emotions. Your emotions will leave you assed out. Okay, never do that. Make smart decisions. There are people that I worked with over the years and still working with to this day that have crossed me in the business landscape, but I took it on the chin because I realized how much they was an asset to my growth and how much I could be an asset to them and how much we could benefit from a partnership. I didn't get in my feelings. Maybe I did first couple of weeks and I probably never talked to them and I had to reach out and be like, all right, let's just get this joint done. Never make an emotional decision. And the reason why I bring that up it's because I want to go all the way back to the offseason and how this trade even happened in the first place. When we talk about Deshaun Watson and everything going on with him, there was a lot of people that lost their jobs because they were too emotional. Matt Ryan being one of them. The Falcons were clearly going to take on the rest of his contract. I think he had like a five-year deal. It was like two more years left of a $150 million contract, 54 being fully guaranteed for the next two years and a starting role Guaranteed for the next couple of years. Then they got tempted by Deshaun Watson. They entered. They did their due diligence. They entered that. Okay. And Deshaun Watson respectfully declined them. That's when Matt Ryan got emotional and got in his feelings and said, you know what? I want to be traded. Right. The same thing that Baker Mayfield did when he wanted to be traded because he realized that the Browns were flirting with Deshaun Watson. Now look at Baker Mayfield and where he's at in his situation being benched, probably not going to start again in this league. And look at Matt Ryan and his situation. So I understand. A lot of people are going to be like, well, Lil, you know, what he had he known? Like the Colts, we thought it was going to be a good offensive line, the running back that almost won MVP. Like, I mean, how could we have foreshadowed everything to be what it is today? Well, guess what? That still doesn't exempt the fact that you made the wrong move and the wrong call anyway, right? So say what you want about that in the future or what's in the future or what's not in the future and what's in the present. But at the end of the day, it was a wrong call. And he made an emotional decision that cost him his NFL career. His career is over. I don't think he's going to get another gig anywhere else. His arm is shot. Scouts realize that. And if you're my guy Frank Wright or the owner, y'all got to do a better job of watching film. Stop going to YouTube and watching the well, NFL channel. that's the GM, dude, you know? Chris Ballard. And that's, that's watching, my question. Stop watching these NFL highlights. They're only going to show you the highlights that are good. Okay, that they're only going to show you those. Do your proper due diligence. And if they did, they would have noticed that his arm was shot based on stats. The yards per average was going down every single year for the last three years. And also, there was a subliminal shot that Julio Jones took at Matt Ryan on his way out of Atlanta that nobody talked about, nobody caught on to when he said that I'm going to quarterback that still has, you know, touch on the deep ball because Matt Ryan has lost some of that touch. That was a, a report that just went completely by the wayside. They should have known better. Trust the young bulls. A lot of people need to start trusting the young guys that they draft. You're not going to get a, a name like Mac Jones or, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in every draft. You have to find those gems in the draft. Just because you draft a guy in the second, third, fourth round doesn't mean he's a bust or he can't compete in today's NFL. Give the young guys some work. Sam Ellinger should have been the starter this year. Yeah, had a good preseason, not only this year, but last year. And yet they still couldn't defuse the temptation of renting out a quarterback. It's the same thing with the Panthers, with P.J. Walker. 
two years ago. I saw him in the preseason. He looked good. Now, I'm not saying he's a top 15 quarterback losing my head on this damn show. No, but he showed you something. Play the young guys. That's it. Stop sending away assets that's going to dehumanize your future, bro. And that's why we're in this situation today. Yeah, well, I think the hope is when you make a move like that is that you're getting a top 15 quarterback. And that's what everyone ultimately wants. And I think teams nowadays are willing to take that risk, even though it has the chance to blow up in their face, because, you know, these GMs, man, they're pretty confident uh, when they make a a big move like that. They're pretty stubborn. Uh, But also with Sam Ellinger, I just think if the Colts like I know we've watched him in the preseason and he's looked pretty good when we from what we've seen. Also, if you remember, like when I think of uh, Sam Ellinger, I think of him back in his college days at Texas. Texas. They won uh, the Sugar Bowl against Georgia and he's on the mic. We're back. When I think of Sam Ellinger, that's what uh, the first thing that comes to mind. But the Colts, they've seen every everything of him. They drafted him. They've seen him in practice and they didn't believe that he was a legitimate option going forward. I think if they really knew and if they really believed in him, in him, they would have given him the opportunity. And to be honest, like that's why I'm not really confident that this is going to work out. Like, let me ask you. The AFC South standings, I'll pull it up right now. The Colts are right in uh, the conversation. You have the Titans sitting at first place in four and two. Indy in second, three, three, and one. They're only a game back, really two games back, because the Titans uh, have the tiebreaker. Uh, but their schedule is pretty favorable. Again, they have the Commanders at home this week. You know this division. It's the worst division in football. And whoever wins it is probably going to be a home underdog in their first playoff game. Do you think the Sam Allinger-led Colts could take home the AFC South? And Frank Wright could save his job. Yeah, they can. They're only one game back from the Titans. If I was a betting man, I probably would I'll say... i odds I, right now. Hey, while you do that, I'm not high on none of these teams. I'm not high on the Titans. I'm not high on the Jags. I'm not high on the Texans. They can win his division. All Sam Elger has to do is manage the game and utilize his legs because he's a little bit more mobile. That helps his offense better. Like He, he has helped his offense before he even touched the rock. Because he has a little bit of mobility that can help an offensive line that's struggling right now. Hopefully, JT get his legs back and he starts showing some of those flashes we saw last year. And maybe they can go on a run. All right. So the Titans in Vegas right now are the favorite to win the AFC South at minus 155. Again, you would have to risk $16 to win 10. The Colts right now in second at plus 240, meaning you'd have to risk 10 to win 24. The Jaguars in third at plus 500, meaning you'd have to uh, risk 10 to win 50. And then the Texans at plus 3,700, that would be risk 10 to win 370. And honestly, Lil, from a betting perspective, it's crazy. I look at that Texans number and I'm thinking, eh, maybe uh, if anyone take the big risk, but it's going to be interesting with this division, dude. Like, it's pretty wild. The Jaguars... It's crazy. They should be, they're much better than two and five. They've just given away so many games. They have the worst red zone luck in the NFL. ETN fumbling again inside the 10 yard line. They had that game against Washington one. They had the game against the Giants one. They had the game against the Texans one. They really outplayed them from the start and they couldn't even beat them. But again, Mike Vrabel, the Titans are just, we don't really talk about them much, but they're four and two, just minding their own business just dominating Colts as usual. And it's crazy because everyone thought this was going to be a rebuilding year for, or not even a rebuilding, but a re-step year, take a little bit of a step back after deep playoff runs, really in each of the last three seasons, they've been really good and uh winners win. And Mike Vrabel is a winner. And Frank Wright is not. And that's the problem. And that's why we having this conversation right now, because Frank Wright is not. And I feel sorry for the guy because 
I can watch the game and tell when a team is well coached. And over the last couple of years, outside of this season, because this season they look awfully trash, they have been well coached. And, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of people is calling for his job and he very well may be getting the hammer on Black Monday after this year. And this move is probably the signal that, all right, you want to clock. But at the same time, I go back and say to myself, you had opportunities, and this is a collaboration. This should be a collaboration if it's not with Chris Ballard and Frank Wright when it comes to, you know, taking part of quarterbacks. And Claire, Frank Wright is the one that vouched for Carson Wentz last year. That didn't work. So that's Frank Wright. But at the same time, I still think he could coach. Maybe his decisions when it comes to running a quarterback may not have been good. Maybe they should have rated for Tom Brady instead of hurrying up to get Phillip Rivers because they signed Phillip Rivers right before Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers. Maybe they should have hold out and see if they can lure Tom Brady over there. I don't know. But one thing, and I always say this, one thing you cannot get wrong is your investment in a quarterback. But until you invest right in a quarterback, this is what's going to happen no matter how good your team is on both sides of the ball. Play hard every night. Don't get blown out the gym. It doesn't matter until you have a quarterback on the center. Yeah, and one last thought on Chris Ballard, dude. Like, I hate to say it, but I think he might be a little overrated. Like, this buck, this uh, Colt offensive line just fell apart quickly. Like, Quentin Nelson, I thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Like, the next best offensive guard in the league. And I know he struggled a little bit with injuries, but this Colt, like, Matt Ryan was not good, but he, his offensive line was not doing him uh, any favors. And we look at the weapons, dude. Like, I know we talk about the Colts and how much talent this team has, but I like Michael Pittman. Is he a legitimate number one wide receiver? I even like this kid. Uh, they drafted Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. I think he could be a really good young player. Jo Jonathan Taylor was supposed to be an elite running back. I don't know what's happened to him. The defense has some names, but clearly they're not where it needs to be right now as well. And again, though, like I look at this AFC South, it's still pretty winnable. And I'm going to be curious to see uh, what Sam Ellinger does. But Taylor Heineke, he looked pretty good in that game against uh, the uh, on Sunday against the Packers. And hey, you know, maybe uh, Car this was supposed to be Carson Wentz playing against his former team. But Taylor Heineke, we'll see. Uh, maybe he's an upgrade over. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that game. I'm intrigued on Sunday. And in closing, for me, you know, you look at Matt Ryan, where his career has come to, right, on this very day, probably played his last NFL game, barring any injuries, that we may see him again. Now, imagine if he stayed on the Falcons, right? The Falcons that you like, that you always liked the last couple of years, with a coach that you always liked, who I could say I share the same respect for, Okay. Um, and Arthur Smith, where would they be right now? A veteran quarterback that knows the system, not like Mariota, okay, that knows the system, that was a former MVP, where would they have been this year when you talk about the Buccaneers and where they are? When you talk about the Panthers and them being three and four, when you talk about this division being amongst the worst, maybe that could have been the difference. Maybe he could have made the playoffs this year. I don't know. I think the Falcons are happy they got rid of that contract, man. Just for the just because of the amount of money, like it's not yeah. worth it. Like the gap between Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota is not worth the money they're both making. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at more so on Matt Ryan's perspective more than the Falcons. The Falcons did a good job of getting rid of that contract, even though they had to pay some of the dead cap along with that contract and put some of that weight on the Colts that are now struggling with that. But from Matt Ryan's perspective, it was a bad business decision that he asked to be traded.